Welcome to Mouthing Off with Olivia. Hey guys, it's Olivia Caridi from The Bachelor, the girl with probably the biggest mouth you've ever seen. But now I'm using my huge mouth to talk really smart things with my favorite reality stars, influencers, YouTubers, you name it. They're gonna mouth off too. Damn. This is Mouthing Off with Olivia. Well, guys, this is an honor. Jade is here. <laughs> Yay. Yay. So Jade was, when was Crystal's season? It was 2000, yeah, 16, 15, 15. Holy crap, 15. Because you were right before, right? Uh, mm, yes, you were right before me. So yeah, 2015 and then went on Paradise and got married. Yeah. One of the success <laughs> stories from the franchise. I mean, it must feel good to be a success story from this franchise because they are few and far between, you know? Yeah. I, th- I feel like we are like one of the older couples now. So we, I do feel like we're a little bit like far removed, you know, but mm-hmm. it is kind of like a unique story, but also I feel like there's so much pressure, you know, to be like, like you, yeah. And then like, what if things, you know, there's a lot of pressure on all of them. And like a couple of people now have gotten like divorced and I feel like there's so much pressure on them that maybe, um, it was just hard for them to actually just like be a normal couple and be a normal family right. and, and all this stuff. Like if you get divorced, then like, it's like the worst thing yeah. in the world. And you know what I mean? And it's like, you've broken everyone's hearts because they're so invested. In yeah. And I'm, yeah. And I'm like, these people are humans and people, unfortunately, you know, unfortunately, sometimes they're happier apart, but sometimes that happens. So, um, sometimes it's a lot of pressure, yeah. <laughs> but when you've done we're, <laughs> thank you. But no, I mean, we're, we're, per- we're not perfect people, but you know, we, we definitely try to make our marriage work. So let me, I always like to start at the beginning, right? So yeah, you were a person obviously before all of this, <laughs> Describe a little bit about like what you were up to, relationships, all that jazz. Yeah. I mean, before I went on The Bachelor, so it's kind of a funny way that I got on the show too, but I was living in LA, flying by the seat of my pants. Um, I had moved there in 2012 because I had gotten out of a serious relationship, decided um, I lived in Nebraska almost my whole life. If I didn't get out now, I wasn't going to get out ever. (laughs) So I moved to California with my dog Pippa in like two boxes and two suitcases and um, ended up staying there for four years. I had a relationship for a while that was horrible. (laughs) We talk about toxic, really toxic. had gotten out of that, but because I had gotten out of that relationship or I was in that relationship, I had met Adam Mansfield, who was a producer on the show. So we were in the same kind of circle of friends through my ex. Mm, Okay. So that's how I got on the show is that Adam technically like nominated me. And and I didn't, I didn't know at the time they told me I was anonymously nominated. Um, yeah, I, had you watched the show? Like, were you a fan of it at all? In high school. So my mom loved it. So in high school, I used to watch it with my mom. That was like the Andrew Firestone. Oh, yeah. Like he was like my... I oh know my it well. <laughs> oh, I had such a crush on him. He was actually at my wedding and I was like... <gasps> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was like starstruck for me because that was like 
this the era I had grown up watching. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But no, I hadn't seen the show in a long time. So it was just really interesting that it kind of fell into my lap that way. But yeah, I was just in LA, like, I don't know, just like coasting. <laughs> there been there uh well then okay so you you get nominated anonymously or whatever um i'm sure they come back they're like okay you're in are you like woohoo let's do this is there any part of you that's like "Uh uh-oh should i do this like what am i doing here you know yeah so my interview for the show i was one of the last cast and um i had my interview three weeks before filming started And so they were like, it pretty much was like, I saw them and they were like, will you be open to talking about your Playboy shoot? Mm. And I said, yes. I saw all the little light bulbs go off. They're like, oh, perfect. She's in. (laughs) I love this. Oh yeah. So I kind of knew I was like, okay, like I get that's like, I could obviously tell. Um, but my mom was like, if you go to your interview and you find out that it's Chris souls, she was like, I just feel like you should go. And that morning he was announced on good morning America that really? he was the bachelor. Huh. Yeah. Cause we're both from small towns in the Midwest. And I grew up like in r- rural Nebraska. A lot of my friends, um, their parents were farmers. So my mom was like, he just, I just feel like you would click. So I was like, yeah. So I was like, okay, so I'll go to this interview. So that's kind of, kind of like how it happened. And then I had three weeks and I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to like take this as an opportunity and see what happens. And I think I was definitely underprepared mentally (laughs) for it. I get that. Um, But yeah, I mean, I was just kind of like, I guess I should just do this and see what happens. And maybe we really would have a connection. So well, okay. So night one is, is obviously a, a wacky night, the longest night of your entire life. I mean, what was that night like for you? Did you get time with him? Did you have like a connection right off the bat? Did you feel? Yeah. So I don't know what it was like for your guys this season, but they did our limos in two waves. So there were girls who got there like at seven And then there was a break and then there was a wave of limos that got there later. So I didn't get there till midnight and there had been girls, there had been girls that were there since seven. Oh my God. Yeah. So we were really late. And so it was like, we were all like freaking out if we were going to get time to talk to him that night. And I was the last person to talk to him before the rose ceremony. So it was like stress city, but not a bad Thought to be because you were last, you were the most recent on his mind. Yeah, no, I guess that was a good thing. And I don't know if that was production because they did definitely allow me to have that time, but um, I had the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I wish I would have known those things looking back now that like production will will make time for you if you're one of the people that like either either have a connection with him or they. Yeah. Or they want you to. So I always um, say like I was the last out of the limo last into the house. And well, I guess technically Becca Tilly and Amber were, but they, they didn't do like the traditional entrance, but, um, they like pulled me over and, you know, everyone's like clamoring for time. Like, when can I get time? And they came to me and said like, Hey, we set up a spot for you guys. And mm-hmm. I got like a solid minutes with Ben and all the girls were mad at me because they were like, we were trying to interrupt you and we were getting cock locked. And I was like, I didn't even know, like I had yeah. no, 
all I know is they whisked me away and that was it. But now, like, as I think about it, I'm like, oh, there must be special things reserved for people that like, you know, they think might have chemistry or do have chemistry, stuff like that. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Cause that's, that's how it sort of was for me. I feel like I had probably a solid 10 minutes. We talked about our backgrounds. We talked about, I made like jokes about, I think living in LA and that was about it. And then, um, but I was still worried. I was like, I don't know if I'm, I'm going to like actually get to talk to him. And Becca Tilly was in my, um, she was in my, she was in my limo. She was. Okay. I think she didn't even get time that night. If I think, I think back. Interesting. I was there, was there anyone that, I don't know, you felt like, whoa, that girl is, I don't know, intimidating or beautiful, or she's going to be a quote unquote front runner, at least on night one or even at the beginning stages. Oh yeah. I mean, definitely Brit who, um, she oh. got the first impression rose. Mm-hmm. And then Ashley Iconetti. Like I remember seeing her. She had this like beautiful lace black black dress and just the way just her like poise and her confidence and all this stuff. I was like, this girl, I thought she was gonna win it all until I got to know until <laughs> I got to know Ashley. And I was like, <laughs> until I got I to like, know her. I was like, oh my god, this girl might be a little bit of a hot mess on this show because she was this I mean, obviously she and she's one of my best she women now. <laughs> oh yeah, no, she was. Oh. Um but the first night I was like, this girl's going to win it all, or she's going to be bachelorette for sure. Oh she was just stunning, you know? Well, did you ever notice, um, you know, I always say like, I could tell who Ben was kind of leaning towards. Like, did you see either Becca or Whitney? Like, did you see that connection as a, I don't know, contender, if you will? To be honest, I didn't. I always thought it was going to be Britt or Caitlin. Um, okay. And, the Becca thing always, and I just never saw their connection until I saw the show, you know? And, right, and right. so the whole time she was in the house, I just never thought, I was like, well, I don't, I don't think they have that. So yeah. every time she got a rose and it was progressing, I was really surprised. Like, right. Yeah. And then, and then I knew Whitney really had genuine feelings for him, but I hadn't really seen, I, I don't feel like I, I don't, was not on a lot of the group dates with them maybe, but I, right. I, I totally thought it was going to be either Britt or Caitlin at the point until no, it wasn't, right. I guess. Well, it wasn't. It was. Mm-hmm. Did you expect that a large part of your storyline would be, oh my gosh, I have to talk about Playboy? That's all it was. I mean, it was all it was. like, did you, did you expect that when you were in there? Were you like, okay, is, this is becoming like the only thing I'm concerned about, or this is my story? Yeah, I think. I think had it not been such a big deal, my, my outcome would have been a lot different. I would have had a lot of less anxiety in the house. I had so much anxiety and, um, but that was every single IATM was about my playboy stuff. Have you like, told him? Have you told him? What do you think he's going to say? Yeah. What are the girls going to think? Are you going to tell the girls in the house? Like, what do you think his parents will think? Um, all this stuff. Do you, do you regret it? Oh my God. All the time. Do you regret it? Like, why would you, that is the silliest thing. Playboy's incredible. That's amazing. Yeah. And it just really messed with my head because like, then I would be like, am I supposed to regret it? Do I regret it? Like it would like, was made me question myself. And so it was just, it was a, it was a lot, but it, 
I was very aware that was my storyline. And then at one point I remember telling one of the producers, I was like, okay, well, I think I'm ready to probably bring it up. And he was like, Oh no, no. He's like, we need to wait for another time. Like, you know, let's wait. And I think they were saving it for my hometown. I think they knew I would probably make it there. Mm-hmm. And just from talking to Chris and they wanted to save it for that moment because there was a time before, I think maybe when like 10 girls were left, but I was kind of like, okay, well, this is weighing on me too much. I just want to talk about it. And they were like, no, 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 we have to, you need it. You need to just like let the relationship develop families and then have all the drama. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You probably had never, well, one, I bet that never even probably came up in prior relationships, like as importantly as it was. Yeah. Like it was always maybe like a casual conversation. And I always maybe felt like a little like silly about it because it seems like, this really like crazy thing to kind of do or have like, you know, like an opportunity that came to me. So it's always kind of like, Oh, it's kind of like silly and corny. Like it's almost like corny to me. But at the time I felt like really like empowered to do it. It was more like a body positivity thing for me. And it was a great experience. My photographer was amazing. Um, And it really just made me feel like, I could just be like, it was liberating. I was like, this is me and this is just a body and I feel beautiful in it, but that was kind of all it was. And then it just turned into this huge thing. Well, let me ask like, you know, obviously even with Katie's season, the franchise over the years has become a lot more, I don't know, open sexually or, you know, like, does it ever, do you look at that all that anxiety went through, you know, back then. And you're like, okay, and now we're talking about dildos and like, what happened? How did that work? Like, does that ever frustrate you or anything? I'm, it frustrates me for me, but for like them, I'm just so glad that like Katie, Katie could just be herself and, and that, um, the viewership accepted it for the most part, (laughs) you know, there's, you know, a large majority of viewership, um, that the show's, like decided to make it a positive thing. Um, because for myself, I felt like it was, I mean, even like the headlines of all the like magazines, it was like, um, that I was not only like a girl who plays in playboy, but it was like scandalous that I was trying to trick Chris and that it, it almost came with this narrative that it was about my character. And, mm-hmm. and so for myself, I was like, man, like, had like this, had I gone on the show 2021, what, how, what would have been different for me? Like, I feel like people would have been so much more supportive, but I like Caitlin experienced, I experienced a lot of sex shaming, a lot of, um, like I said, like character assassination. Like I was this horrible person that, um, I was, that Chris didn't, you know, deserved better, blah, blah, blah. So, Oh God. Michaela Rowan from Facebook asked this really well, and I want to talk about this. Um, but she said, Jay, thank you for opening up about sexual assault, as well as how reality Steve's coverage of you affected your experience post-show. What inspired you to come forward and talk about this on, it was on chatty broads. So let's talk about that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess. Yeah. First of all, obviously, when all of that came out about Steve and inappropriate text messages to people, um, you were a, a part of the conversation a lot because I recall his coverage of you being really kind of gross. So yeah. what, what, what was that like? I mean, right after the show, Steve is coming out with all of these posts that are 
really kind of massages, misogynistically written, uh, to say the least. So what was that like for you? Yeah, I think that was just another layer of all the anxiety. Um, I, because I was a hometown, I was spoiled. So he immediately like knew who I was, started trying to like find things out about me and obviously found that. And so from that point, before I even had a chance to have people get to know me on the show, there was a narrative and it was, yeah. And it, and it was, it was, it was misogynistic. It was vulgar. It was another, again, like about my character. And I knew that like, from what other people told me that reality Steve was like the guy that people like read. He was like the guy that if you went to sport, wanted spoilers or you wanted dirt, you you went to reality Steve. And so it was just like, um, I felt powerless because this, this is what I felt like, okay, well now this is what everybody assumes about me. Uh Um, the show didn't let you do social media back then. So I'm like, nobody's going to get to know me. And Probably. Yeah. And I'm like, this is going to be a terrible experience. And, um, it was just really, really hard for me. I mean, I felt like I couldn't even go out of my house without feeling like I had like slut written across my forehead that people were looking at me, having this idea about me. Yeah. Um, and I didn't know what to do. I mean, I didn't know what to do about it. I didn't, I thought he had so much power. Like I couldn't just reach out and be like, Hey, like, do you want to like actually try to get to know me? Yeah. You know, I just felt like this is what was supposed to just happen to me. Well, okay. In many ways, have you heard from him? And if you have or, or haven't, like, do you want to, yeah. is that something that would, I don't know, make you feel better? Yeah. I mean, this was so 2006. 15. Uh-huh. So for a while, it's like, nobody's going to remember this. Nobody's going to bring it back up. So somebody on Reddit, I think found his old post blog, posts and yeah. put up, uh, put up the writings. And that's kind of, I think how chatty broads uh-huh. got a hold of it. Um, so I just thought like, it was never going to be brought up. So I didn't really ever feel like talking to him about it. And, um, he did at one point apologize because when I talked about my sexual assault, Mm -hmm. he connected it with playboy and he's like, makes sense now why she did playboy. And I had DM'd him on Twitter and I was like, this isn't right. Like this really, this, yeah, it triggers me in so many levels, like so many ways. Um, and he apologized for that in a DM. And then when the stuff that chatty, chatty broads are starting to bring up, I noticed that once it got like heat, he immediately tried to DM me again, but, um, I didn't open it. I didn't respond. It just felt like it was him trying to backpedal and cover his ass instead of, yeah. Instead of trying to genuinely apologize maybe for something that he knew he did Uh and not just to me, but to several women, Uh the way he talked, talked about women, my whole season to other women, was I mean horrific it's I think um when I was on chatty broads we talked about how like it felt almost like violence against women mm-hmm. yeah and he knew he he could have came and apologized a long time before that so my boundary and just for my own mental health I have not responded to him totally fine <gasps> totally fine 
Because I don't know. I've watched other things that he's done since then um, and other interviews he's done. And I don't know if he gets it. And so I don't want to go in circles with somebody who may never really fully understand the damage that he did. Yeah. I guess that's why I asked whether you needed it or not, because at this point, it seems like you're, you're good. You're strong enough. You don't even need, like, you don't need a response from him necessarily. Yeah. If he had publicly maybe said like, I am sorry, you know, like to the women and named names, because I know he made like kind of a blank statement. Um, he apologized to Demi and, uh, but he never said like my name or other women's names. And so it was like, maybe if he could like that to me would mean like, Oh, he's understanding he's learning, but he never did. And so I don't, I just don't need a private like little dm too so he i can come on a podcast and say oh well he apologized it's okay. you know? <laughs> yeah. no i get it yeah. i get it so i mean you you go home you did chris wasn't your guy whatever let's talk about like the time in between the show and paradise i'm sure yeah. they wanted you and you're like let's do this. I mean, did you think someone had a question like going into it? You know, everyone's hopeful it might happen for them, but did you think like, I'm going to meet my guy and I'm going to marry him before going on the show? Absolutely not. So we were on the second season of the of bachelor in paradise. And at this point people were like, this show is like tasteless. Like I'm too, like, you know, I'm not going to do it. Like a lot of like cast members didn't want to touch it. Mm. And, and so I was like, I don't know if I should do it. Um, I had already like started dating again. And, um, yeah, my, and my mom, again, just listening to my mom, she was like, why don't you go? Cause Carly was going, she was like, why don't you go and just have fun with your best friend on the beach and see what happens. And, um, midnight before my flight, they had booked me a flight and I hadn't signed a contract or anything midnight, bef- like before my 10 AM flight, I finally sent in the contract. They're like, you have to send in your contract. You're, you're not going. <laughs> we need your signature now. Yeah. yeah. So I just decided to, to kind of, again, kind of wing it. And I ended up going on and they had sent um, pictures and bios, the horrible bios for all the, oh, the worst. <laughs> I mean, the pictures are pretty terrible too. Usually they don't do anybody. Justice. No, no, never, never. And, and I remember they're like, tell us which guys you think you'd be interested in. And I was like, none. I'm sorry. But like, <laughs> I was like, I don't really like think that any of these guys would be somebody I would be attracted to or connect with. And we hadn't seen Caitlin's season. It was right. literally airing while we were filming paradise. So I was really pleasantly surprised when, um, Tanner walked down to the beach and I was like, Oh, like, I feel something. I was like, what is that? Like, Oh, like, like, immediately. immediately. I was very drawn to him. Like kind of was like, okay, like I'm going to make sure I like talk to that guy. And so, yeah, I guess. And so I was really surprised because I thought I was just going to go and hang out with my girlfriends and, go on a couple maybe a couple dates or something you know and then it was like like at first sight Mm -hmm. and then you know we can only see so little of every relationship but like can we talk about I don't know the beginnings like what when you felt like oh my gosh I like this person and how your relationship evolved 
Yeah. I mean, the first day we had a little chat and I remember liking his humor. I was like, Oh, you're funny. Like, like he has like a very sarcastic humor, like Carly. And I was like, Oh, that's why I like you because you're like my best friend. Right. Right. And then I just remember going up to one of the producers and being like, can you just give me a date card? Because all I want to do is ask Tanner on a date. And so they didn't want that narrative though. They wanted to make it look like I liked Jared because they needed that Jared Ashley yeah. love triangle. triangle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the first night we, Tanner and I ended up talking to and staying up late and I could tell he was so nervous and wanted to kiss me. And so I leaned in and I let him kiss me. I was like, okay, I got to give him like, I'll give him like the green light. Give him an inch <laughs> and then he'll yeah. take the mile. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But he was so drunk. He doesn't even remember our first kiss. No. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Oh my God. I, he was like, when he came over to ask me to talk, he was like stumbling. We were all at a big bonfire and he was like stumbling through the sands. And I was like, Oh God, this guy oh, here so... we go. oh my God. But it's a pretty funny story now. And then from there, it was just like every day. Like yeah. Yeah. We were pretty boring every day. We just kind of hung out. And then his dad at the time, um, was really sick. He had cancer and he was really worried about his dad. And I remember him um, opening up to me about that. And I was like, wow, I was like, he's actually like sharing like real things with me. It's not, I felt like on The Bachelor, my conversations with Chris were always very like superficial. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, okay, this is like actually like feels like more real than anything I've felt on this show. And then he actually had a time limit of when he needed to go back to work or you would have to like maybe like be fired or quit his job. Okay. And he told me that and he stayed. And so I was like, okay, like he's really like putting in the F. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, I was like, I kind of have to like decide if I'm going to put that wall down and like kind of like choose to go there with him. And so that was kind of, I think that was like 10 days into the show. And, um, that was kind of like, okay, this is where our relationship really turned the corner because he was really going to like put his life on hold for, for this relationship. So I felt like I owed it to him too, to kind of like, yeah, be vulnerable and see what would happen. As Claire would say, he showed up for you. Yeah, totally. (laughs) At what point were you guys talking like engagement or he just walked in the room. Like, um, like, let's do this thing. So we had never, like, he and I had never had that conversation. We had plenty of conversations about, like, what life would be like after the show. Like, because yeah. he was living in Kansas City. I was in L.A. And I was like, well, and I was planning to move to Nashville with Carly. So um, I was like, well, you know, we were talking about that, but never engagement. And then um, I think they needed like a big happy ending at the end of the show. And so they started, they started talking to us individually about it. And I think Mm -hmm. Tanner said he was like 10% in until maybe like two days before the engagement. I was like, well, that's reassuring. (laughs) I mean, so reassuring. (laughs) But that's kind of how I think a lot of it is on the show. You know, I I think like a lot of them, a lot of us like wonder, like this is a crazy situation to get engaged to somebody you don't know outside of the show and that you've only known for a month, but yeah. I think we just took a leap of faith. And okay. So then how you get engaged to this person that, you know, okay, but you don't know them all that well. 
Mm-hmm. Was the transition like easy? I mean, what was it like going into the real world? And as we were talking about couples, everyone gets so invested in them. Yeah. That like, um, well, the show wanted to keep us like a secret, which I don't think they really do with paradise couples anymore. But so I would go and I would just like stay at Tanner's house for like two weeks at a time and just live there and not go out much. Or we would try to do like the disguises and stuff, but yeah, we kind of did it against the show's discretion. Like they yeah. didn't want us to. And I'd be like, I'm going. Sorry. So. <laughs> oh, well. Yeah. yeah. And we really had to like, kind of like learn to like, I say we fell in love on the show, but we had to kind of like re fall in love with each other in reality. Right. And we met, you know, we met each other's families and all that stuff. Um, I think what really brought us together is, which I don't have only talked about this maybe once before is, um, because it's it's kind of embarrassing, but it's kind of sad and a part of our story is we actually got pregnant on the show. Oh, and, wow. Mm, uh, yes. <laughs> wow. Uh, one time and just somehow happened. And, um, I ended up having a miscarriage about eight and a half, nine weeks. Mm. And so that was something that like, the public did not know we were going through, you know, and it was really hard for us. And I think at first we sort of just like tried to sweep it under the rug and all that. But I think it eventually really brought us closer together Good. Um, to go through something like that. So, so soon and um, just something that's like, we didn't know how to feel about it at the time, I guess, because it wasn't something that obviously we would have made it work. I think we had kind of come to the terms in those conversations that, okay, we're going to just make this work. And then, and then I, and then I miscarried, but, um, it was something that I felt like made it harder because we had this ongoing behind the doors life compared to like this happy couple on, you know, big engagement success story and doing all these like, you know, it's not like the leads where we get a lot of like media and all that stuff, but it still felt like we had to be. Oh yeah. You probably still had to do a big press tour, if you will. And yeah. And happy and you know, right. And then like on Instagram, you're posting like all your cute, like a couple. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my word. Yeah. I'm sorry you went through that. I didn't know that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, it's been, I mean, it's six years now, but it's something I feel like you always, you know, you never, it never leaves you. hundred percent. So, yeah. Well, did you always, I mean, now you have, you're a mom of three. Mm -hmm. Someone had, well, first off, did you always want a bunch of kids? Like, was that always kind of a dream for you? Not really, (laughs) which is funny. (laughs) Um, I mean, up until like I was 27, which I guess is pretty much the show is I didn't really think of myself ever getting married. I really didn't ever think of myself having kids at one point. Um, I'm there right now. So yeah. 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 And so I don't know. It's just like when I met Tanner, it just felt different. And, and it, we decided to have a start trying for a family like a year into marriage. And, but I just never really saw it for me. And I think a lot of it was, um, I am like a, like, what do you call adult of a divorced family? Like my family got 
adult child of a divorced family. My parents divorced when I was 23 mm-hmm. and it like totally rocked my world. And I was like, I never want my kids to experience this. I never want to like go through it myself. Um, and so I was like, I don't need that, you know? And so I had other goals and, and then it's weird how, I don't know how I just all sort of, um, happened. And obviously now I, I couldn't imagine my life without my kids. They're like my whole, my whole world. But I mean, your kids are also just like, side note, gorgeous. I mean, obviously like they're all so pretty, so beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. But obviously I'm not, of course. Well, I will, I will second it. Um, I liked this question, Michael Workman, how has the adjustment been, uh, having three kids? Did she find the transit? transition from two to three harder or one to two? Uh, one to two was much harder for, for myself, for Tanner. Um, first one, you're just like, you're just learning. You're just like, yeah. wow, everything is just a new learning. A learning process. You don't know what you're doing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so you're just like kind of going with the flow, but, um, right. One to two is so much harder. And I think it's because, and I've heard, cause I've heard other people have different experiences. Um, because I had my son, uh, in our closet. <laughs> I rem- Oh my gosh. I remember that. <gasps> yeah, you did. I remember that story. Yeah. So I had an pretty much like a 70 minute labor, which is called a precipitous labor when you have a labor under three hours. And it was just very scary. It felt very out of control. And I thought like for sure something bad was going to happen to us. And so I experienced a lot of birth trauma and which just, I think catapulted me straight into, um, postpartum depression. I had PTSD from it. I still, I still, I deal with that sometimes when I get super anxious, um, it triggers it. Yeah. Or I feel like, or I feel like things are unsafe. Right. Um, right. So it was just really, like, I felt like I was in this really dark place. I didn't know how to ask for help. Um, Tanner knew something was wrong, but he didn't really know how to communicate, how to help me. And so we just like, we didn't, we were just like in this weird I don't even know, like limbo area of, of life. And so it was really hard. It was really hard for me to feel like I wasn't failing all the time that, um, I wasn't, I didn't have an immediate bond with Brooks because of everything. So I felt guilty about that. Um, and so it was just really hard. And so when I, I accidentally got pregnant with my son, Reed, at five and a, <laughs> all these unplanned pregnancies, <laughs> um, Tanner's getting the snips in because <laughs> we don't need another unplanned pregnancy. <laughs> I got pregnant with Reed at five and a half months, preg- or five and a half months postpartum after, after, right. after Brooks. And that really just took my hormones to a different place and helped me, I think, kind of pull out of that dark spot. But I decided I was like, I'm going to take, take what I've learned from this and make sure that I'm setting myself up for hopefully not another bout of postpartum depression because it can happen again. And so I really just worked with a midwife who was amazing. And she was like my therapist on top of like my prenatal care. And uh, I had a beautiful, like redemptive home birth with my son and just was able to kind of like for the first time in my life, really like advocate for my own health. Cause I'm not good at that. I'm like, 
Yeah. I love, I love helping other people. I'm really bad at helping myself. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And, and, and so that, that made three much easier. It's chaos. Our life is chaos. Nothing's ever in order and, and stuff, but it's, it's, it's been such a great experience with three. Cause wasn't there a point where you had like, if I time it out, right, that was three under three, right? Let's see. My daughter had barely turned three. So she turned three in August and then I had my son in November. Mm-hmm. So kind of, yeah, kind of close. So three and under or three, yeah. three and under. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah. yeah. Oh my word. Okay. Well, <laughs> I, I have a lot of interesting questions about, because y'all are obviously great at influencing that I like to watch. Right. Oh, like, thank you. Right now. <laughs> so this is the question. Uh, Teresa Poirier said, Jade, how many hours a week do you and Tanner have to put into influencing to keep a steady income? So it's so interesting. It's such a weird job, you know? Yeah. And I'm terrible at it. So I watch you and you're just so good at it. Like everything is well done. I feel like I'm so terrible at it. So that's really (laughs) nice to hear. I feel like I'm terrible at it. I feel like we're just like pulling things out of our butts because like, we're like, Oh my God, we have an ad that we have to do today. And like, Emmy needs to to go to school. I gotta go grocery shopping. Like, so why I'm so curious, like how, how the heck do you guys come out with this like great content when it's just probably chaos? Yeah. Um, I used to be, I feel like I used to plan better, but, um, we try, we try to plan things, you know, like, um, there are like little photo shoots. I'm like, okay, like, well, I, I really want to do like, I really wanted to do a breastfeeding photo shoot with Reed, um, yeah. just because he's probably my last baby and this will be the end of that j- big chapter of my life. Yeah. And so, um, but it makes great content. So it's really just like organic stuff. That's like, okay, this is something happening in my life that I can just like plug in and like, maybe people will connect with. So I feel like it's just doing that, like sharing like everyday things that are just really happening to us. Um, and then trying to share, like trying to be positive. I try to be positive, but also like real. So I don't share like my kids, like having tantrums, even though I may talk about it because I want to respect that part of their privacy because mm-hmm. they don't have a lot of consent yet. And someday we'll have to have that talk and they right. may not, they may not be on my Instagram because of it. But yeah. 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 So there's things like that, but, um, it's really like, it's such, I don't know about hours because it's such an integrative part of our life. But I say that, um, there's probably like 10 to 15 hours a week that we actually set aside to, okay, like I'm going to get ready. I'm going to like try to find like, some days I don't, but like I'm going to try to find like a cute outfit and put it on and then like try this product, find out what I think about it. And then I'll like, then I'll talk about it. Talk about it. Yeah. But a lot of the hard part of this job, I think is I was telling Tanner is that it's not compartmentalized. So people who have a normal job can go to work and obviously they're still thinking about their home life and their kids during the day, but they're able to kind of focus on things. Mm -hmm. And I I feel like my life is not compartmentalized at all. It's all just like finding little pockets of time of when I can do things everywhere. And and then, and then never feeling like I can give 100%. So I feel like some days I'm like, Oh my God, I feel so bad. I was on my phone all day and not giving my kids like that 100% they deserve. Or I was trying to do work and I couldn't give work 100% because like my kids had lots of needs today. So it's just like, it's an interesting balance. 
Yeah. And there is definitely no balance. <laughs> there isn't any. <laughs> um, Rebecca Brannon, any resources Jade would recommend that have influenced her parenting style? I love watching her interact with her kids and want to implement some of it into my classroom. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Um, I'm super into what's called um, Rye parenting, which is respectful parenting, which is treating a child like a whole person, you know, that they're not just like incapable little creatures, you know, they're, they're, they come out as a whole person, you know, we should treat them with respect the second that they're born. And so I, I love that. Um, So there's tons of great, um, resources for respectful parenting. Uh, Janet Lansbury is a really great resource. And then I also love gentle parenting, which is um, no threats, no shaming, um, things like that. And obviously, I'm not a perfect person. I still yell yeah. at my kids, you know, but of course. Uh, that's <laughs> trying, only normal. Only normal. Yeah. <laughs> try, yeah. Trying to find different ways to discipline and set boundaries that's not like timeouts and stuff like that. So, um, it's really just about treating your kids with, I feel, just with respect and letting them have their feelings and that there's no bad kids. A tantrum is just a way that a kid is expressing themselves. Yeah. And, and there's always an underlying emotion or need, um, that's not being met, but they just can't, there's just, they're just little bodies. And then there's they so much there. You can't quite <laughs> articulate what's going on, but there's something no. going on. <laughs> <laughs> My son Brooks is, he's two and he just like hit the tantrum phase and his tantrums are so funny because he will literally throw, he, he's almost endangering himself, but we have to be careful of that because he'll literally throw his whole body, like arms, like clenched like this and straight and just face plant into the floor. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think my, my body for this, this tantrum. <laughs> the drama. It's amazing. Oh, They're the very drama. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've actually, so we had a lot of questions about like house situation. So yeah, when I try to just, I mean, obviously you had built this amazing home and it was Kansas city, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then left and everyone was like, what the heck? And now yeah. are you, you're moving into a house or Let's just talk all about the house. (laughs) (laughs) People are so funny. So I guess we're just a little unusual because um, we did build a house in Kansas City. We lived there for two years. And then we moved to Orange County. And we lived in another house for two and a half years. And then we just moved. So we've we've moved. We've lived in three, I guess, technically three homes. Almost kind of four because I moved in with Tanner when he had his other house when he before we put three of our own and people are like so puzzled by it. They're like, Oh my God, like, why are you moving again? And I don't know if we just like the process, although this time it's been so much harder and I'm probably never moving ever again, but, um, <laughs> never again until oh again. <laughs> I feel like I about died this time because it's just a lot with three kids and our yard is still not finished. And there's a, our pool is not. And so there's like a giant hole in our yard and I just worry everyone's going to get hurt. But, um, yeah, we just like moving. We like houses. I love moving. I moved probably like four times in a span of, I don't know, three, 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 four years. And people, it's funny that you say that because people like, don't, they're like, why are you doing this? And I was like, <laughs> I mean, I get it. I get it. Moving sucks. But like, I just like to see new places. I like to see new apartments, new houses. Like some people can move. Like that's Yeah. 
yeah, it's a new adventure. And I, I feel like that's why we like it too. It's, it's, it's something fresh and new and I feel like we'll be here for a while, but, um, we have so much more privacy here. So we have three acres and it's just, nice. it's, it's out and like, I, I wish I could show you right now, but, no. um, we can see like the mountains and it's just quiet and we've had animals in and out of our house already, but Love that. <laughs> I also wanted to know, Oh, Kayla Schiffer said, does she ever think she'll move back to the Midwest? Um, we've talked about it. So we've talked about maybe moving back to Kansas city at some point, but we really like it here. And I like the idea of my kids having a lot of like, whatever is in their wheelhouse, they pretty much have access to other, you know, there's a lot of opportunity. There's, um, more diversity here, which, um, I want my children to embrace and understand. So that's important to me. Um, where I'm, where I'm from, like Nebraska, I actually grew up in an area that was like 30% Mexican, but, um, otherwise than that, no other diversity. So I want my children to understand other cultures and, um, and things like that. So maybe eventually, but right now we really like where we're, where we're at. Makes total sense. We just had to acknowledge the moves because they are, (laughs) (laughs) wait, were you and Tanner married on TV? I can't remember. You were. Yes. Yeah. So it was Ben Higgins. It was like the 20th year celebration. It was that easier season. Yeah. Yes. That's, I was like, there was something big going on. Like, was that so exciting? And my parents were married on TV and I get to watch. They were? They were. Yeah. And I get to watch their wedding and mom, like, is that so fun that your kids are going to be able to, I'm sure you have it on DVD or something like that. (laughs) DVR. They never gave us like a copy of our what? Oh, <laughs> no! I know. So I think it's on like Hulu right now or something. Somebody told me that. So have I have mean, to like pirate that thing. Get the yeah, yeah, yeah. for future. <laughs> yeah, I even asked. I was like, "Can you give me like the uh, the footage that never made it onto the show? Like, can I have like other fo- like footage of our wedding?" And I never got it, but. Ah! Uh, maybe someday. Maybe I'll keep. Maybe I'll keep on them about it. But I I'm sure watching. it's. It's, I think, yeah, but yeah, no, it was fun. It was, it felt like a real wedding. They did a really great job of making it feel not like a production, especially right. the day, the day of, which I really, um, was concerned about, but it felt like it felt like as normal as possible. <laughs> and like, wasn't, I mean, I'm sure there were people there that you like had never met before. Right. Because yeah, was, that, oh, what was that like? <laughs> Yeah, it was kind of like, hi, thank you for coming to my wedding. Nice and I think, to meet you. And I think a lot of people were kind of like that way too. They were like, thank you for having me. I know that <laughs> I don't know you, but like, thank you. And it was a great everyone is, It was so much fun. It was a big party. The reception, like everybody was dancing. Everyone was having a good time. It was such a like fun environment. So I'm glad that like everyone got to like experience that and everyone was so kind. So, and like I said, I got to like, I was like, Andrew Firestone is at my I wedding. Like, I'm like, okay. So there were people that you didn't know, like at your wedding, if, if Andrew Firestone was there, that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, lots that of- was, um, that was the infamous Liz and Nick night, right? It was. Okay. Yeah. I was like, there was, I'm, everything's coming back to me now. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. I was, I was hoping some couples would like come out of that wedding or something, but 
Ooh, I'm just, there were some hookups. I, I could I could tell you not on not on here, but I could tell you some juicy hookups. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll stop recording and then we'll. <laughs> yeah, there's people like because it was in the hotel, so you at the end of the night you would see people like walking right each other to the room. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well let's let's give a little shout out to everything that you're up to. Um, let's talk about the podcast, where to follow you, all the stuff. Yeah, so I I have a podcast with Carly who is on my on my season. It's all about being a mom. It's called Mommy's Tell All, and it's wherever you find your podcast. It's um, we just kind of talk about our lives and like real things we're going through, and we also have like experts on and all that sort of stuff. So it's it's fun. It's a good time. Um, and then if you want to follow me on yes, Instagram, it. it's just Jade Liz Roper. Um, and yeah, that's, that's pretty much, that's pretty much all I'm doing <laughs> that and mommy. Best. You're the best dude. I, I, I cannot express like how much it means that I got to talk to you. So oh, thank you. This is so uh, much fun. And thank it. you for, thank you for reaching out and asking me. So I was like, I'm yeah. Just- you know, I've tried and then I like deleted the message because I like, I, you're, you're big time. You got like a billion followers. And I was like, I'll just, I'll try again in a month. I'll send it again. Boop. Oh no. Thank no. you. Yes. I, I don't feel like that at all. I feel like, I, I feel like message me anytime because I feel like I'm not big time. So okay. <laughs> I feel like an old person. I'm like the old, I'm like the old. You are not. Not to all, all the cute little like influency like wow. young girls, and I'm like, here I am, not showering for five days. <laughs> <You're right>. <laughs> I prefer the realism. <laughs> is why I, I enjoy it. I'm not kidding. I'm not just blowing steam. I like Thank you. Yeah, like you and Tanner. Tanner's content. This stands for both of you. It's great. He puts the humor into it too. Thank so. you. Yeah, for sure. He's he's no. got the sarcasm on the side. So. <laughs> Thanks, y'all. Love ya. Bye. Thank you.